Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get laid. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Oh, the thickest double time. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right, everybody, this should be one hell of a day um, because the Colts have made a quarterback change. First things first, we're at... Buffalo Wild Wings on a Blue Monday. We're in Castleton off of 86th Street right out front. We are right here. Easy to find in Castleton. Buffalo Wild Wings. Shout out to Daryl, the general manager here, who is awesome. Wait staff, great. I'm telling you, if you want to get here and just hang out with us, have an ice cold Bud Light, great food as well. Prepare for a little Monday night football. You absolutely can. Now, I will remind you that because of Pacer basketball, I'm Audi at 5.30 today. That that's Pacers basketball. Prior to that, it is the Colts Roundtable Live. So we've got to hustle a little bit of ass here today, if that's okay with you. So we will. i got a lot to tell you. I know you have a lot of response in mind, and we'll get to that. I'll put the number out there because normally I don't take, I don't take first segment calls, but because we're 30 minutes shy today, I may dive into it after I make some points about yesterday and then about where this Colts team is moving forward, as we heard within the last hour. So 239-1070, if you guys want to line it up, express your opinions, and then especially if you want to play off of what I have to say, we shall do that. All right, the news of the day, Sam Ellinger is now elevated from the backup quarterback to the starting quarterback. That happens against the Commanders, which, by the way, we have a pair of tickets to that game to give away coming up at the end of this show. That happens coming up on Sunday. A couple of different things at work here. One is they just wanted to make a change. There is no doubt that Matt Ryan has not been good, and we'll get to some of the reasons why he hasn't been good, but there's also no doubt that he got extremely dinged. I believe it was that jailbreak type of blitz, one of like nine in which that weren't picked up by anybody. He got hammered yesterday by the Titans D, basically everybody in the Titans D. And you can kind of see he was a little bit wobbly. I think I actually tweeted that out. He looked a little bit wobbly when he got up and uh, got back to the sideline, finished out the game, obviously, but I think that was the spot where he ended up getting, what is it, a grade two? Um, the medical term, I believe, is a, a grade two separation. 
uh, in the shoulder area. So he wasn't going to practice this week anyway. But that didn't matter because apparently the uh, three-headed monster got together last night in Jim Mersey and in Chris Ballard and Frank Reich and decided that they were going to make this move to Sam Ellinger. That's when that decision was made. A lengthy conversation about what should be done. And it's funny, I was on Tony Katz's show a couple of different times today, once in the morning and then basically around 2.10 or so. And he, he was surprised by this. And I know a lot of people were also talking about it last night. This is something that, that Kevin Bowen and I had talked about last week, if you remember when Kevin was on the show with me on Wednesday. Uh, there is a major motivation here, a major lean, a heavy influence on the owner and this change in quarterback. Heavy influence. And they could say, well, this was the head coach, this was the general manager, and granted, probably more so than not, you guys as Colts fans are all happy about it. As of right now, you may not be happy about it come halftime of Sunday, but you're happy about it right now. A lot of you wanted to change. And there are really, there are certain aspects of this where we're going to lay heavy blame, and you should. And I have to keep reminding you that, again, you're seven weeks through the season. This team is still 3-3-1, three, three, and one, but you are just absolutely dreaming. If you believe in any game this year, this team is going to step up and all of a sudden go on a run where they can get in this AFC playoff picture. Honestly, you look at the rest of the AFC, I would probably suggest those teams to step up more than you would a Colts team, Matt Ryan, Sam Ellinger, Nick Foles, or whomever. We'll get to all that stuff because this is still before Halloween. We'll get to all that in just a second. So this was a major owner influence on it. Jim Mersey has always liked Sam Ellinger. Jim Mersey does want to see Sam Ellinger get the opportunity. If you're going to look at it, for face value, being young, being able to move around, that's great. But as I've said the entirety of this season, this team goes as far offensively as that offensive line can take it. And that offensive line, outside of last week against Jacksonville, for whatever reason, whether it was the offense, was it with Jacksonville, um, whatever. You know, the no huddle, maybe they weren't ready for it. It worked last week. It did not work at all again yesterday. There's been no consistency, unless you're talking about a consistency of being awful. They can't protect a 37-year-old, and they're not going to be able to protect Sam Ellinger either. But I'm not going to whiz in your Wheaties about, well, this is what you're going to see. Just expect it. Just expect to see. Sam Ellinger in the first game ever for him in the NFL running for his life. Expect to see him on Sunday make some major mistakes as we saw the 37-year-old quarterback made throughout the season so far. Whether it was like yesterday, throwing it into double coverage when Paris Campbell was not even looking upon the blitz. And then Frank Reich after the... uh, 
after the game saying, hey, that was on me. I was arguing about the lack of a face mask call and blah, time got away or whatever. And um, yeah, you guys are all right. That is also tired too. And we'll get to that in a second. This was something that they hope is a spark. And for them, I hope it is too. I'm a non-believer, not because I don't like Sam Ellinger. I'm a non-believer because this offensive line is not going to give anybody an opportunity to be successful consistently with this team. That's what it all comes down to. When you think about this team for a moment, it is incredible. When you think about this team offensively and what you expected and what you get, you expected this offensive line to open holes and Jonathan Taylor to be successful. You expected a more cool, calm type of quarterback influence a la two years ago with Phillip Rivers. And you know the only thing you can lean on right now? And it's not like after yesterday that hits you in the face. But seriously, think about the things you're excited about with this team right now. Michael Pittman Jr., Alec Pierce, Paris Campbell. Three things. Wide receiver. So I guess maybe the wide receiver position is being fixed. It's just everything else that's going haywire. And with that, it's the season that is going haywire. People ask me, all right, so if this is heavy influence from Jim Ursay, when does ownership stepping in with a huge opinion ever mean anything but negative? I can't cite any straight examples right now, but not much. Not much. Again, this is about Ryan. This has been about this offense, but it starts with this offensive line. And you're going to get some of the similar issues that you saw with Ryan with Ellinger. You're just going to be able to cheer when he runs out there. I, listen, I, and I hope that he plays well. I just don't expect it because I don't think he's going to get the support that's necessary. What does that fall? That falls right in the lap of the general manager, Chris Ballard. That is one thing that you had to be absolutely sure about was that. Had to be sure about it. And not only were you not sure about it now, but it's got just understandably worse this season. All the way around to now where everybody, and obviously so, you're able to criticize Quentin Nelson. More times than not, you watch a guy that you basically let go because you didn't want to pay him any more money. You want to lowball him with Danico Autry. Every time he plays this Colts team, he owns this Colts team. Every time you see Mike Vrabel coach against this Colts team, he owns this Colts team. I know that Jim Mercer likes, obviously, what he has seen. I mean, he doesn't like it to an extent where he wants to see them have success, but likes it because that is his vision. That is the blueprint that he felt that he was told this team was going to be here. You know, kind of like Tennessee. You're going to play with defense, win with defense, run the football. You're going to be really strong on either side of the ball, both offensively and defensively. It's all going to start up front. You know, you got a quarterback that, you know, more so than anything else for Ryan Tannehill is his escapability. He can get out there. So I'm sure Jim Irsay and Chris Ballard and Frank Reich are thinking that, oh, here's your escapability. Very much so Ryan Tannehill. 
And Sam Ellinger is going to be as prepared as you can possibly be. There's your expectation. But how much can you prepare for what is about to happen to him? And it really doesn't matter. I know last week you had Tennessee and, you know, I know that they handled Jacksonville the week prior, but it normally doesn't matter. That has been what is broken. That is at the top of the list. That is the major flaw that they just can't get right. All right, you're asking me questions right now about where this team is going. Do they think they're just throwing in the towel? They are not throwing in the towel. They, and more so than they, I'm talking about Ballard and Reich, more so than those two, the owner wants to see Ellinger. And you're going to see Ellinger coming up on Sunday. And I hope that he adds a little bit of something because, frankly, sitting there and watching this week after week, oh, it's only week seven. Oh, Matt Ryan's okay. Oh, this offense is okay. All you ever do is complain. Believe me, I would love to sit here and tell you something and tell you great positive stories about how this team is playing well, but you can't. You want to know why? They don't allow it. They don't allow you to do it because they have been consistently that bad. Just as much as when you talk about how fortunate they are. Right now, they're 3-3-1 and and you still have an opportunity. They're incredibly fortunate to have the wins that they have. Field goal battle on a Thursday night. Chris Jones flag. Just a couple of those wins of the three. And you have one win in five AFC South chances. So, I'm thinking... (laughs) we don't view this commander's game as we did, right? We were kind of looking for a little bit more. We found out that Wentz wasn't going to be involved now because of the injury. And then last week it was at the owners meetings in New York city and, and what Jim Irsay had to say uh, about Daniel Snyder. And we thought that was going to play a big role coming into Sunday. And now here locally, it's all going to be about the rookie quarterback, all going to be about, I should say, the first time starting quarterback is what it's going to be about coming up on Sunday. So, yes, it was a heavy Jim Irsay influence. It was something that collectively those three felt needed a change. I don't mind the change at all. I don't mind at all trying something new. I just want to see them get going and fix what they told everybody and paid wise was supposed to be great. What's the highest paid offensive line of the NFL? And I don't care. Take last week out of the equation. They have flat been awful this season. Flat been awful. So you can look at it a couple of different ways. They will tell you that they're still in it. They will tell you they still believe. But what they won't tell you is, strategically speaking, this also gives them the opportunity to not have to say, hey, um, we're tanking. It gives them an opportunity. I mean, really, it's, it's twofold. You can handle it. You can take full advantage. If Ellinger is a spark, which do I expect? No. But if he is, that's great. That's our idea. Fantastic. We're never giving, We're not giving up. And the locker room is an interesting scenario. I'll get to coming up a little bit later on because seemingly it's a little bit twisted. 
We're not giving up. We're not giving up on this season, not whatsoever. But, you know, if it doesn't work out, then now you're going to position yourself to go out there and be in the running for one of these better quarterbacks coming out in the spring NFL draft. So, I mean, you can view this twofold. You can. And certainly we will. So a bit of a twisted up locker room. You have the owner getting involved with a heavy influence on this decision, and you have a first-time starting quarterback coming up on Sunday. And here we go. That is the news of the day. Oh, by the way, the Colts lose yesterday in Tennessee. <laughs> and I, I don't know why we have to argue this all the time, but last night I found myself arguing after I said that the Colts are the little brother. The Colts now are the little brother within the own, their division to Tennessee. Oh, wait a minute. They're not the little brother. We've had ownership of Tennessee for so many years. It is not that way anymore. Tennessee beats the Colts exactly how Jim Mercer expects the Colts to be able to win or how he would like to see them win. Yesterday was awful. Offensive line, quarterback play, coaching, those three aspects get you beat. Where does this lead Frank Reich? Well, if this season, as it looks like it very well, will be disappointing, then he's in deep trouble at the end of it. What about Chris Ballard? Chris Ballard, as I sit here with you right now, he would survive a disappointing type of season. Why does he survive? He does. Listen, I would agree. If you're looking at both these guys, you've got to lump these guys together because the mistakes in coaching and some of the mistakes in player personnel have been egregious. But to me, it's still going to be coach before it's going to be general manager. But that's going to be later on in the season. This does take, I think, Colts fans, I think it does take your eye off the ball a little bit, doesn't it? It gives you a reason to think, like reestablish belief. And you've got this thing working twofold. You bring in Sam Ellinger, and you appease the, hey, I'm really excited. Give Sam a shot that I've heard so much about here. Then at the same time, if this thing doesn't work out, as I don't think it will, then you end up positioning yourself to go after a higher-value quarterback coming up in the spring. I mean, you can sell the fan base on everything. You can sell your players on everything at this point. Hey, we're still going at it, but. And they probably see through some of that. I don't know how many of those guys believe that Sam Ellinger is going to be a difference maker. Going to make a difference in this offense. You can hope. There's a lot of things you've been hoping about this year. You've been hoping that the 37-year-old quarterback was going to be much better than a year ago. You were hoping this team was going to win the division for the first time since 2014. You were hoping the offensive line would play as what they are, the highest-paid offensive line of the NFL. You're hoping the wide-receiving core is better. You know, of all these hopes that we've talked about so far, there's really only one, and that is the wide receiver. I heard Michael Pittman Jr. say after the game, you know, just yeah, throw it down the field. Put it in my hands. I'll go up and get it. Yeah, there was no doubt that that was a shot. That was a shot at coaching. Yeah, I know that he fumbled there down the stretch. Game was already over, but that was definitely a shot at coaching. And that has been a significant issue as well. All right, Sam Ellinger is going to be your starter. That's coming up on Sunday against that uh, commander's team that's got, you got Taylor, 
Heineke and Sam Ellinger. That's pure excitement coming up on Sunday, and we're going to get you there with tickets, courtesy of our friends at Buffalo Wild Wings here in Castleton. Bud Light, ice cold Bud Lights for you as well. Yeah, I mentioned too, we got a bail at 5:30. We've got a lot more to talk about. I know Jake's going to join me in the four. Stephen Holder's going to be here in the five, and I'm going to owe a lot of folks some phone calls here. So let's do it right now. Normally, I don't do this in the first segment, but because I'm going to be 30 minutes short. I felt maybe it's necessary to do so. 239-1070 is the number, and Kevin is up first. Hello, Kevin. How are you? Kevin, are you on the show? Yep. You better talk to me, son. Yeah, outstanding. Hey, uh, uh, I know the offensive line hasn't been playing very well, but a lot of it's on Ryan's lap because I'm, watch- I'm watching the game, and it's obvious the defense is going to blitz. You know, it, it's just completely obvious. Yet, Ryan is just back there panicking. And um, yes, you're and, right. And, and, and yep. you know, so so it's not. I mean, we have five offensive linemen, but if they're rushing six or seven, Ryan should know that and punish yes. the defense for 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 uh, for uh, trying to blitz. I mean, Peyton Manning would destroy defense. He he would dare right. you. I dare I dare you to blitz me. Okay, doing a slant to Dallas Clark. And we're going we're gonna to get 15 yards. Yeah, well, and, and you, the man you're talking about had a much stronger arm than Ryan does at this point. And if we're not talking about a shorter route, uh, Ryan more than likely was not going to get the ball there. And you could tell yesterday, not only w- could he not get it down the field because they don't even try, but he's not even accurate when you're talking about those intermediate passes that's supposed to be his forte. There is no question that he has a great deal decision-making-wise. You're 37 years old. You shouldn't handle the blitz. And you also should understand with this offensive line what you're about to get. And he handled it like I expect Sam Ellinger is probably going to handle it on Sunday. We also have to look at um, the offensive coordinator or, or Frank Reich, who's ever calling the plays, because of the first half, Taylor had some real nice runs. Uh, the offensive line blew open big holes for him. He got 10, 14 yards. And then they just stopped. They just stopped running the ball. Yeah, they did. And there's no reason to. No reason to whatsoever. You're still firmly in that game. Zero reason to stop running it. Absolutely right. So, I, you know, I, I don't know who's doing the play calling, but a lot of it's on whoever that Frank. is. Frank is doing the play calling. So, and, yeah. and Frank has had a miserable year as a head coach. Absolutely. Hey, thanks, JMV. You got it. You call any time. Thank you very much. Miserable. He has. It's been miserable. This team has been miserable to watch. Again, I take no joy out of sitting here week after week and complaining. But they give me no choice. I had one respite last week. I got to talk about this team and an offense, and it was, you know what, it was fun. It was energizing. You got nothing of that. What you got is what becomes familiar with this team in terms of playing Tennessee. You took a beating by a much better, I shouldn't say better, I shouldn't say more talented, I should say better, a better, talented, and stratospherically better coach team. That's what you saw yesterday. That's what you've seen in recent history with this Titans-Colts matchup. JMV, I see you're a non-believer in Ellinger. I'm not a non-believer in making the change. I'm a non-believer that you're going to get much of a difference here. 
I am absolutely cool with the change. Because again, you can get over on both sides on this. Now, it may not take very long to find, well, you know what, they have no chance. But people were more juiced about Ellinger. You can keep the interest going. You can sell some folks that they're still going at it, while at the same time, what you probably really want to do at this point is go out there and try to hope that you're in a position to get an elite-level quarterback coming up in the spring. And then you can go ahead and punt the rest of it without telling everybody you're punting the rest of it. To me, it's twofold. Until you end up recognizing that what they're doing right now is not working. All right, 239-1070. Jimmy is up next before the break. Hello, Jimmy. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for taking my call. You got um, it, buddy. I feel like Indianapolis is uh, GM training for the NFL, and I'm serious about that because Chris Ballard was nobody, and he comes in here. I mean, he may have done a few good things, and, and if Frank Reich's supposed to be this great qu- quarterback coach, you know, there's, I think, four – NFL quarterbacks starting in the NFL right now that played for us since the luck days. And, I mean, you look at it, you know, P.J. Walker, you know, Wentz, uh, uh, Cleveland, you know, it it goes on and on and on. And they could have made the decision and stayed with one of those guys. And you're telling me Frank Wright couldn't make make it with them? You know, I don't know. No, no, no. No, you're right. You're right. He, he has not been it. He is not it right now. I think you, you look at it in terms of me saying he's not it. It feels very much like Tom Allen. Tom Allen, really nice guy, not it. Exactly, exactly. Break Reich, really nice guy, not it. And not just you or me. Like Tony Katz this morning had mentioned on WIBC, you really like Mike Vrabel. I don't know if I really like Mike Vrabel, but I really like the way he gets guys invested and, and really playing at times beyond their means, regardless of injuries, situations, whatever, because that is not a great team. That is not a great team that wasn't helped by their general manager, John Robinson, who traded one of the better wide receivers in the NFL, and they're still able to sustain. They're tougher, and they're better coached, and that's the situation here. So I, I kind of compare Reich to, to Allen a little bit. Nice guys, but as far as being the guys, not so much. I agree 100%, but I think everybody's looking for mobility. Uh, at the quarterback position today, you have to be mobile. Well, you know, thank you for the call. Matt Ryan wasn't mobile. And you still go out and you get him. Why? Because you're believing your offensive line would make him look more mobile, make him look more fluid. In fact, what it did is it focused in on exactly what he is not at his advanced age of playing quarterback in the NFL. Completely outed that. And did it not just on a series or not just for a game, but really on every single play. You know, take the Jacksonville game out of the equation. Believe me, I'd much rather talk about that. I thought that was great last week. 
But I think you kind of wondered if that was going to be just because Frank Reich had mentioned that wasn't going to be sustainable. You took some aspects of that and tried to transfer that against one of the better coach teams in the NFL, and they basically shoved that right up your rear yesterday. And they have been. Sam Ellinger is going to be your starting quarterback against the Washington Commanders coming up on Sunday. I've got more time for you to react, not only at 239-1070, but inside the lounge via YouTube Live. I am watching and lurking and participating there. Again, that is YouTube Live, the lounge. You can jump on there, listen, participate, watch, do whatever you want. Castleton location, Buffalo Wild Wings. If you are juiced about Sam Ellinger getting that start, we're going to give you a chance here to win a pair of tickets to that game, courtesy of our friends at Buffalo Wild Wings and obviously our friends at Bud Light and Zinc. We're going to do that coming up at the end of this show. Remember, 5.30 is when I have to bail. Colts Roundtable Live, and then you're going to have the Pacers and the Sixers tonight. So I get 30 Set, or I should say 30 minutes shorted out of this. So we're going to have to pick up the pace on it a little bit. We got Jay Query, top of the four. We got Stephen Holder, VSPN.com at the five o'clock hour. And you got me and you coming up on the other side. 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. The Ride with JMV. It takes him a second to get on the stool because he's under five feet tall. 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. Buffalo Wild Wings, we're in Castleton today. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, big news, Sam Ellinger elevated from the backup quarterback to the starting quarterback, his first start coming up on Sunday against the Commanders. We have tickets to give away for that, courtesy of Buffalo Wild Wings, our friends at Bud Light as well. We've got great food. We've got ice-cold Bud Light. We just need you to get here and sign up for it. So Ellinger's the quarterback. Now, again, in case you missed it, situation is as follows. Uh, Matt Ryan, shoulder injury. He was going to miss a week's worth of practice anyway, but this elevation of Ellinger was going to happen regardless of the injury. And this elevation of Ellinger is going to be for what they believe to be the remainder of the season. So that's where we are with that right now. And we got a lot of people that want to respond. Uh, JMV, Colts make this switch to take the talk off the big laying of an egg in Nashville, my thought, if Sam was a legit NFL quarterback, he's not drafted in the sixth round. As I mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, SWW, this is twofold. You go ahead and do this right now because, again, Jim Irsay had a heavy lean, heavy influence in on this decision being made. So you make this decision right now. You see what happens. And if it's positive, great, because you look around, you're three, three, and one, you see where you might be moving forward. If it doesn't, and then you start a steady decline, and it doesn't work out, you start thinking about what you're going to be able to get coming up in the spring NFL draft. Really, you, you, win, you win in the court of public opinion on both levels. The head coach is not going to win. The general manager is going to win a little bit just not going to lose as much in the court of public opinion as the coach. But in the court of public opinion, you win on both sides making this move, and you're also, to a certain degree, appeasing the owner with this. JMV, you have no clue how they'll play with Sam. He can move better than Ryan. Well, he better because he's going to have like one second to throw it. Yeah, I, I have a pretty 
damn good idea about how that's going to look. I think we all have a good idea how that's going to look. He can move better than Ryan. The AFC actually looks pretty weak except for maybe two teams. Uh, the weakest out there for the most part this year, other than the Jacksonville game, and we're talking about late in the Jacksonville game, is that team you cheer for. But the Colts right now are the other team. They're the, that team is really weak. You can say all you want you know, about the, the level of, I don't want to say mediocrity, but I guess you could say mediocrity that you see in the AFC right now. But there are so many other teams that could step up, get it down the field, could score offensively, know what they're doing, that are better coached, can consistently get defense. I didn't want to mention the defense because they deserved a hell of a lot better yesterday than what they got. All of those teams that I'm talking about with all of those facets of a game, again, week in and week out, aren't the Colts. At least if the Colts are that, they have not consistently shown us anything. Zero. The one end-of-game situation against Jacksonville. That's what you got. Change has been made. All right, 239-1070. Again, I get a bail at 530 today, so I'm going to hustle through some calls. I think Jonathan Kyle is up next. Jonathan, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, good afternoon. I'm all right. Um, how about yourself? Sorry about your I'm fantastic. Uh, stressful show. Uh, can't help it. Um, why not Sam yesterday? I mean, Matt Ryan was obviously hurt on camera. He was in pain before the game with those balls in his hands and rotating his arms. And why make him throw 44 times if you already know that he's hurt? Uh, that, that, that's, yes. That, I mean, you can, you're right. Why treat him like you did last week when you called that unsustainable? 58 times, 44 times. I agree. And, and listen, I, Jonathan Taylor, people ask about Jonathan Taylor, why so little of usage? I, I kind of wonder from Jonathan Taylor how much of a pitch count he put on himself. Maybe not. But that was just me wondering about that. Because remember the week prior, he didn't feel he was good to go. He said on this show with us before that he feels that he knows his body really well and would not put it in a bad situation. I kind of wonder why he didn't get more of an opportunity because you would think yesterday that was still going to be a major possibility. But no, you're absolutely right. If you look at it across the board, it starts with the offensive line. It starts with the quarter. Next is the quarterback. And then... You've got the head coach who has not made good, sound decisions, and this simply has not worked. No doubt about it. Well, Sam's more mobile, so at least play action is an option that gets you the hell away from the offensive line and out of the pocket, and he can throw on the run pretty accurately. Um, You know, he's he's smaller, so the defense can't read his eyes as well, so I guess that's worth something too. Well, I I think that they believe that that can happen. I don't know if they believe it's going to happen. But that's part of the belief. And, again, I think what you can do, you can appease a lot of people on this, at least for a, a period of time. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, and obviously this has been a sentiment that's been out there, not just from a lot of the fans, but the owner has had that, that influence with this as well. That's the reason why, or certainly a huge reason why, that, that Ellinger was elevated as the backup quarterback a couple of weeks ago in the first place. So this yeah, was the logical next step. So, um, yep. Yeah, and, I mean, why no Shaq in the biggest game? He wanted to play. Frank Reich looked absolutely miserable in his pregame interview on ESPN. He, he talked coach speak out of his mouth, but his face looked like, I have no chance of winning this game. And he just didn't say why, but that just looked like 
his concern on his face to me. Yeah, Jonathan, he's uh, he's coach speak. He is all all he's coach speak. Fired. I mean, saying what you say after the game as well. That's um, that's definitely coming down to okay, to so coach one speak. More thing, can I ask yeah, you? go ahead. All right. So next year, we've already won three games and screwed up the first pick of the draft. Uh, and a GM like Ballard's not going to trade up and sacrifice all those picks to get a quarterback. So Ursay's got to fire him and find a GM who will be aggressive uh, in the first round for young, talented, athletic quarterback is my feeling. Is that right? Well, I, like, yeah, I, th- I think you're in a spot right now where it, the realization is you have to, if you're going to end up being bad and you're going to be close to a position to make a major move, you're going to have to sell out for this. I mean, you just are. Because when you think about it, look what all they've done since Andrew Luck retired. I mean, you bring in Jacoby Brissett as the backup, then starter. You know, even before that, you said you thought he was a top 20 quarterback of the NFL. That was not at all accurate. You bring in Phillip Rivers. You hope that he has a good season. You hope that after one season, he wants to play another. He has a good season. He doesn't want to play another. Frank Reich talks. Jim Irsay into Carson Wentz. That was obviously a disaster. And then Jim Irsay puts down a mandate and says, here's what has to happen. You got rid of this guy. You got to get rid of him. I don't care who's the quarterback. Go out and find a new quarterback. And they hard target Matt Ryan. And Frank Reich said that he watched every throw that Matt Ryan made last year. And he looks like vintage Matt Ryan. That was also Frank Reich speak. That was wanting to make you feel better about the decision. He wanted fans. He wanted people. People to hear what they wanted to hear. And unfortunately, with this offensive line and the way it's looked so far, that has been highly inaccurate. Well, I think it's connected. I think the offensive line makes Ryan uncomfortable and his throws look yeah. worse and maybe his arm isn't weaker. But, you know, with the injury, obviously it is. Um, I think Ursay is scared away two quarterbacks because of the vaccine. Not, uh, Rivers retired. He didn't want the shot. And then he can blame himself for Wentz, obviously. Yeah, well, in, in you know that I know the second part of that is absolutely true, and I, I know that it, obviously River, Rivers didn't want to mess with it. There's no doubt um, he did not want to. I don't know if it was so much that, or if he just didn't want to mess with playing any longer. But um, yeah, you can certainly the yeah. the last one with Wentz is is right there at the top of the list. There's no question. Anything else? Uh, you're the best man. Thank you very much. Jonathan, you call anytime. Kyle, before the break, give us Kyle at 239-1070. Hello, Kyle. Yeah, um, did they have to release this information, like, publicly? That well, why wouldn't you? Start? I, I mean, I, my, I guess, I guess not. Head, I mean, why? Gives, because you wanted, to, wanted them to play cat and mouse with it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I guess if you're going to talk about your quarterback being injured and he wasn't going to practice all week long, somebody would have probably figured out at some point this week that Ellinger was going to be the guy. I just I, I see it like why give him any more time, you know what I mean, to prepare for it. And then my kind of my second part to that was they went ahead and said, that's our guy for the rest of the season. So the teams we play later, too. Uh, now aren't, you know, expecting to play Matt Ryan maybe a week or two away or whatever with an injury. They're looking at Sam Ellinger on tape where maybe they might have been, you know, looking to see what Matt Ryan was doing instead of what Ellinger is going to do. I don't even know what Sam Ellinger tape looks like. 
I guess preseason, <laughs> the preseason, preseason, yeah. and then at, at Texas. But no, seriously, here, here's what would have happened. They don't tell you today. Off day tomorrow. You come on Wednesday, and then Matt Ryan's not practicing. Injury report comes out. He's on it, and he doesn't practice. I mean, yeah, you're going. It's not like you're going to be fooling anybody. Not even the Commanders, I guess. After that point in time, right? Well, I mean, the the, the whole he's out for the season thing kind of throws me for a loop too. They just went ahead and threw it all out. To me, it just seems like another, another bad decision. Like why do it? If you, you know what I mean? You don't have to do it. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not like that they may not go back on it, especially if, if he ends up getting injured and you have to end up either going back to a healthy Ryan. I don't know if you go back to where Ryan now, or you dig deeper and, and go to, to Nick Foles. But what I mentioned is this, this is appeasing a lot of folks here. It's giving you a sense, a lot of fans, a sense of excitement. Hey, because listen, I, I'm on here every day, and I hear everybody talking about how they want to see Ellinger, how they'd like to see him. For all the reasons a lot of folks have already brought up, Kyle, about the escapability, you know, being able to do stuff that the 37-year-old quarterback can't. So you, you appease some fans as well. Um, and then you also, if it doesn't work, then, you know, you're going to be toast anyway. Um, You've got to draft a quarterback anyway, so we'll see what happens as far as, you know, the longer-term future is concerned and where you're going to be able to draft and, you know, if you're going to be able to move up to draft somebody at the elite level that come out in the spring. And then you also, you know, you're taking in consideration as well the influence of the owner who had a great deal of that with Ellinger. He wants to see Ellinger. I'm not suggesting it's his decision totally but I think what I've said so far, having heavy influence, is incredibly accurate to this particular decision. It was that way going into the Jacksonville game as to why Ellinger was elevated to the backup, and it's certainly the reason why or the chief reason why he's going to start just outside of that shoulder injury coming up on Sunday. I guess I'm on both sides. I'm kind of happy to see it because I don't think we were going anywhere with Matt Ryan. But at the same time, I'm on the same bandwagon that you are, that he's not He's not the answer. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's not going to be. Thank you for the call, Kyle. I appreciate that. I do not believe him to be the answer. I don't. And one of the real reasons why I would love to see him be the answer because I would love to, like, watch exciting football. That would be pretty awesome, right? I wish he were the answer. I just don't think that they have an answer because the offense starts with the offensive line and the way that that goes, who is going to be the answer? I do like the fact that you're doing something. I like the fact that you're doing something on this. Do I think this is going to be something that works? No. But I like the fact that you're doing something. Castleton, Buffalo, Wild Wings. We got a Blue Monday working with our friends from Bud Light as well. We got a pair of tickets so you can see the first ever NFL start of Sam Ellinger coming up on Sunday at Lucas Oil Stadium. I've got a pair of tickets to give away coming up a little bit later on. Let me slide out of here, take a break. Jake Query, top of the hour. Again, Sam Ellinger. Elevated to the starting quarterback, Matt Ryan, with a shoulder injury, wasn't going to practice this week anyway, but Sam Ellinger was going to take over as a starter regardless of the shoulder injury situation for Ryan. That and more with you coming up next. Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live, you can watch, listen, and participate at 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. I want 
savages on the field. I want to lead the league in broken ribs. I want to put people in the hospital legally, no hitting in the head. I want them to cry and be scared to play us. 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Buffalo Wild Wings, Blue Monday. We're in Castleton today. I'd love to see you here. Remember, we've got to cut short this show by 30 minutes because the Colts roundtable live and then the Pacer pregame show. Pacers in Philly later on tonight. So we got to hustle up with these calls. Go ahead and get inside the lounge via YouTube Live as well. I have been going back and forth with a lot of folks. I did ask, and we can do this on Twitter at JMV1070 and inside the lounge via YouTube Live, if you agree with this decision in terms of it helping. Will it help, or will we see the same? At JMV1070, Connecticut Water Question of the Day, inside the lounge via YouTube Live where people are watching and listening and participating and answering questions and discussing just like that. Reason being, Sam Ellinger elevated from backup quarterback to the starter against the commanders coming up on Sunday. All right, listen to me carefully here. Matt Ryan, dang shoulder, wasn't going to practice this week anyway. You kind of saw that yesterday. His uh, arm was even weaker when he was still throwing after a couple of sacks there than it normally was. Didn't have much at all mustard-wise on the football. He, according to Frank Reich earlier today, was not going to practice this week anyway. So Sam Ellinger has been elevated to the starter. Again, this is with heavy influence from the owner. Heavy influence from Jim Irsay. Now, collectively, he and Ballard and Wright got together last night and made that decision, but there was a heavy influence about wanting to see Sam Ellinger. And as I told you before, you can look at it, at least in the short term, both ways. You can say, okay, at least they're doing something about this. But you do something about it, and maybe it's a spark that's great. Everybody gets re-energized. And really, the first juice on this team this season Or if it's like I'm thinking here pessimistically, absolutely not going to work because this offensive line is broken and won't allow anything to work under center this season, that you just start looking at it as getting some leverage, a better opportunity at drafting a higher level quarterback with a higher pick coming up in the spring NFL draft. You can look at it both of those ways because those are the two accurate ways to look at it. Big story of the day right there. Meantime, back to your calls and more in a second. Andy Moore, Automotive Group Hotline. Jake Query, he does join us right now for the morning show, Kevin and Query. You think this is going to work on any level or are we going to see more of the same fluttering from this offense? I think they'll probably get some energy out of it and, you know, maybe a little bit of a spark. But, you know, backup quarterbacks, I have always felt like the longer you go with them, the more likelihood that you realize why they're a backup quarterback. Now, Ellinger hasn't been given the opportunity, obviously, to show. I mean, you know, could he be all of a sudden a guy that it's like, oh, wow, you know, who knew the Colts had this? in their wings all along. You know, certainly that's possible. But let me throw you, JMV, what I've been trying to, like, kind of piece together this jigsaw puzzle. Let me tell you what I've come up with, and then I want you to tell me if you think there's any accuracy to it. You ready? I think 
when it came to, for whatever reason, Chris Ballard is on record of saying, and I know that he was being flippant when he said it, but, you know, saying like, hey, if I draft a quarterback, then you guys are all going to kill me. And for whatever reason, the Colts have avoided doing that. That's cool. Because they've been able to dip into the well and seemingly save themselves at the 11th hour when, with a quarterback situation. And I know that Andrew Luck retired unexpectedly, whatever. It was four years ago. That's a lifetime ago in the NFL. I'm tired of that excuse. It doesn't hold water to me anymore. But they they get Phillip Rivers. He's a nice player, but you knew it was a, a rental. You get Carson Wentz, probably thought it was going to be a longer rental. Jim Mersey was willing to take benefit of the doubt with that because he trusted Frank Reich's opinion. Didn't work out. So now it was Chris Ballard going out, whether it's Chris Ballard or Frank Reich, I don't know. But Matt Ryan was, you know, obviously an experienced guy. You wondered how much gas was left in the tank. Has not gone well. He's been a turnover machine. The line that Chris Ballard was supposed to deliver for him has not delivered. Frank Reich comes out to make it very clear that the line let down Matt Ryan and they did not pull their end of the bargain. That, to me, kind of points a finger at Chris Ballard. But the bottom line is, I think what it came down to is Jim Mersey basically walked in and said, you know what? I gave each one of you guys your chance. Frank, I let you have Carson Wentz. Chris, I let you have Matt Ryan. It hasn't worked out with either one, so I'm done with it. I'm done with this 38-year-old quarterback shopping at TJ Maxx every two years. Done with it. We have a young guy that I want to see what he can do. I'm the owner of this team, so Sam Ellinger is your starting quarterback. You guys figure out how to deal with that. Now, that's my piecing things together, tea leaves gut feel. And we'll, over time, find out if there's any accuracy to it. But you tell me, John, if you think I am completely off my rocker, Alex Jones-level conspiracy. No, I no, I think that, um, I mean, obviously, the influence of Jim Irsay weighed heavily in this decision. I mean, how much? I'm sure it's going to... Going to be an opinion um, either way out of anybody you talk to. Uh, again, it was a, a heavy opinion, and I looked at it this way, Jake. I, I think that what you do in, in the short, you try to energize for the first time this season, other than the end of the Jacksonville game or I guess the end of the Kansas City game. Let's just say it's been few or far between. This team has been incredibly boring to watch um, each and every night, day. They've trotted out there and played. You get a short-term re-energizing. You try something. You don't just sit there and and continue to try nothing. You get a, a, a really an out to try it. I mean, even if you were going to try it anyway, you know, the whole shoulder injury situation, not practicing for Matt Ryan, you know, certainly gives you a, a little bit more motivation to do that. Um, but they say they were going to try that anyway. And then if all else fails, you line yourself up to look ahead to the spring and, you know, go after that elite-level quarterback that Chris Ballard has uh, not, either Chris Ballard or Jim Mercer has not wanted to go after intently for a number of years now and still trying to band-aid over veteran quarterback after veteran quarterback. So I think at the time being, you appease a lot of folks and you kind of just consider a what-the-hell might-as-well type of stuff. But the owner had heavy, again, influence on that particular decision. He did in the elevation to the backup in Ellinger on the roster a couple of weeks ago and a major player in the decision-making here. I, I'd ask this, uh, and I've, I've got a couple of different things. How do you think the locker room takes it? Because I, I, I've heard that there's been some kind of 
you know, twisted notions in the locker room that not everybody's on the same page right now. You kind of got that yesterday with a quote of Michael Pittman Jr. talking about, hey, just, you know, throw the ball up and we'll go get it, have more trust in your wide receivers. So I've heard that the locker room's a little bit twisted. How twisted do you think they might be as far as this decision right now, three, three, and one? Not so much with an injured Ryan, Jake, but with moving forward as the Colts announced today, Ellinger being that quarterback regardless. Well, I think a couple of things. First, it depends on the player. If, you know, Jonathan Taylor's probably cool with it because it's probably going to be more touches. Maybe the line is okay with it because it gives them somebody that can, you know, that can scramble a little bit, takes heat off of them. But players that felt like this was a good opportunity for them to make a deep playoff run or that came here, Stephon Gilmore, for example. Look, to me, and I'm hesitant to say this because I don't want to sound like an alarmist. I don't know what the results are going to be on the field from here on out. But to me, this move says to me at the top that they have turned the calendar to next year. That, that, that's no, what it means. Yeah. What it means, yeah. you know, what it, what yeah. it means to me is, look, it's over. It's over. Yeah. We're, we, we are – maybe they watched the Pacers the other night and saw Benedict Mathurin and Tyrese Halliburton balling out and went, you know what, maybe it's time to reset everything and go ahead and break up Turner and Sabonis. Maybe that's what the Colts have decided. But to me, it's over. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. But they they don't want to officially, you know, you give the indicator. What they're doing, Jake, is they're making making a decision that I think most Colts fans are, are on board with right now. I agree. And then with you, that. I guess then you look at the record. You're three, three, and one. I agree that you're looking ahead to the spring of the draft yeah. and finding a new direction at quarterback. They just don't necessarily have to make a move where some Colts fans can still be on board with, hey, the three, three, and one. Maybe you get a spark and you still have a chance. But no, there's no doubt. I'll give you the heavy lean for moving on with it. No question about it. So my the reason I say that, and it sounds like I'm. I'm avoiding the the answer I'm not but what I'm saying is if they have definitively decided that it is now turning the calendar to moving forward as a franchise then it really doesn't matter what the locker room thinks right now because the years will wash anyway you know I mean that's and I know that that sounds like a, a I'm trying to be defiant about it I'm not I'm just saying I think to me it, it's a it's peculiar timing because but they are so far back in the division, even though they're only a game back, they lose every tiebreaker now. They've won, they're, you know, they're, what, one yeah. and four in the division? Is that what they are? I mean, so to me, this is the owner saying it's over. I, I gave each of you guys, Frank Reich, I asked you to deliver me a quarterback, and you failed. Chris Ballard, I asked you to deliver me a quarterback offensive line combination, and you failed. I'm the owner. So I'm going to go with my guy, and we are – your work is – I'm not saying complete. I'm not saying they're gone. But, hey, for now, I trusted you guys to build something, and now I just showed up. Jim Mercer is standing in the front door – in the front yard, excuse me, and he's got a hammer under his arm, a a paint bucket in one hand, a paintbrush under the other arm, and a squeegee. I mean, he's ready to go ahead and, and repair all of the work that has been done before him. That's how I see it. And let's just say, for example, while I, I, part of me still certainly believes and 
has been told that you know, it, Jim Mersey has inspiration from Sam Ellinger, and at three, three, and one, you still think that you know you wave the magic wand. But I, I completely agree with you. I mean, that's what's going to happen. It's not even so much about you know Ellinger or Ryan as it is. They're only going to be as good as that offensive line, and I've said this all season long. And when the offensive line is like that, they have absolutely no chance. So consider that thing not giving them a chance whatsoever. But I would also state this, Jake, if that's the direction you're going, if you are moving on, making this decision, going to Ellinger, then you've also probably decided that Frank Reich is going to coach out the season and then you're going to move on from him too, right? Totally agree. And in my opinion, I, I, listen, to me, you got to take a look at Ballard also. Not because I dislike Chris Ballard. I don't. Not because I think that he's totally incompetent. I don't. But because this is an indictment of the areas that Chris Ballard was preached and professed and sold and billed to us as the fan base and media as being the area where he was best building depth in the trenches that then allowed for flexibility at other positions. Well, now lack of depth in the trenches is causing them to make a seismic move at the most important position in professional sports. There's no other way to look at that than to say that is the owner indirectly admitting that his general manager has failed and that his general manager's failure was something that and, and by that, I mean going out and getting Matt Ryan and, and building a line and whatever else it was there to offset. That attempt was there to offset a previous failure from Frank Reich because he was the guy that was going to wake up Carson Wentz. Neither happened. I, you know, where Jim Mercer goes in terms of his decision-making, I don't think that anybody's going to lose their job other than Matt Ryan in the next month. I could be totally wrong in that. But, again, I go back to – I just – I don't want to be the anti-Pollyanna here, John, but I can't see it as anything other than this was Jim Mercer walking into the meeting saying, guys, thanks for your ideas, but now it's time for my ideas. I'm not saying he's firing them. I'm just saying. Well, I mean, his idea, right yeah, but, but you got to understand, his idea was Matt Ryan. His idea was Matt Ryan because it was going to be anybody but Wentz. Go out well, and no, get me get a quarterback. That. So, I, I, mean, I, I mean, I'm with it. We're off of the owner here, but his idea was also the guy that hasn't played well this year. No, no, He's no, the I reason understand. why they were inspired to do it. I understand, but what I'm saying is he also was under the assumption that Matt Ryan was going to be protected. Yes, yes, you're right. Mm-hmm. And so he is. so what he is saying is, you know, it didn't work. It didn't work because we got a guy, first off, we got a left guard that we just committed twenty million dollars to. That like his that that a guy that we that we decided not to re-sign turned into a turnstile. That that couldn't go over well. So that that illuminates the problems on the offensive line aside from the other obvious areas. So I just think you have an owner in Jim Irsay who rightly so decided. You know what? I I, I let the kids take care of the house while I was on vacation and I came back and there are too many leaks. And so I'm just going ahead and grabbing some wrenches. That's how I see it. Yeah. I just, um, Jay query from the morning shows on the Andy Moore automotive group hotline. I, I, I do. I, again, heavily influenced by Jim Irsay. And when I mentioned Frank Reich, 
I think if you're believing that the season is over and I want to see my guy get some time to see if he's the guy, then you also know that your head coach is also going to be done at the end of the year. And I also view it this way. Chris Ballard is going to get another year. But I don't necessarily believe that if Reich is so egregiously in the wrong, I don't know why Ballard is not also there. I, that, I, I guess it's because there's, you know, you, you look at some of what he has drafted, right? And you go, okay, that's workable for the future. But as far as what you look at with the offensive line, that, that was his. That, that, and that his grassroots philosophy Jake, that has failed miserably, miserably this season. That is all absolutely on him. I could not agree more. I could not agree more. And see, my, my concern is this. The previous regime, and I know it's unfair to judge things based on the previous regime, but that's, it's, it's the barometer by which we can measure things. The previous regime was Chuck Pagano and Ryan Grixon. There was no secret in the end that they didn't get along. Now, I think, I think it's unfair to say that Chris Ballard and Frank Reich don't get along. I don't think that's the case at all. I think they probably do get along. But I think they are being put in a position now to each scapegoat the other. And when Frank Reich comes out and says publicly, or at least it's come out that he said maybe it was privately to Matt Ryan, we didn't give you the offensive line that you needed. We, didn't, we did not deliver on the things that you needed to be successful. Well, delivering the things that are needed for Matt Ryan to be successful is not in Frank Reich's job description. And for Chris Ballard to, to say, he hasn't said this, but you know, if he were to say, for example, I felt like, you know, we didn't come up with the right schemes or we didn't do the right things to get Matt Ryan. We should have gone no huddle earlier or we, you know, whatever it might be. That would be indicting Frank, Frank Wright. Like, I, I just feel like both are being put in a position now of finger point. I don't know that that's going to happen. I don't know that it has happened. But I could see it coming down the pike because I'm going off precedent. And what I know off precedent is if you don't have a general manager and a head coach that are 1,000% on the same page, you're in serious trouble. And what I do know is we have a head coach who was brought in essentially by the owner because the first choice of the general manager is not coaching here. So to me, it all has the potential to become a soap opera. I'm not saying it will, but I think absolutely the ingredients are there. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I guess. I just think that this is going to go like we all kind of talked it was going to go. And, and the coach is going to be – the first guy at the end of the year, if they were going to disappoint, he was, you know, right or wrong, and certainly it's going to be right. He'll he'll end up being the fall guy, and Ballard will survive one more year when I, I think he should be right there with Frank Reich as far as what I mean, he has put together here. Because, but, but, and, and, hey, hey, Jake, I'll let you finish. I just with, with Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan and his failures, it is a byproduct of the failures of Ballard, right? And we'll see about Ellinger. If Ellinger fails at this, it's another product of failure from Ballard. And, and to me, he should be right there too. He's not going to be, but he should be right there too at the end of this year. It, um, I, I guess other than him being 
you know, a nice guy, I guess, who's got, you know, some picks and knows everything. It, it just, to me, he should be right there with, uh, with Reich as far as where you're going to weigh heaviest the blame on this team moving in the direction of yet another major disappointment. I, I, I couldn't agree more in that regard. You know, the other thing that I'm curious about, I know that Jim Mersey likes Sam Ellinger. And I actually trust Jim Mersey's judgment on that. I mean, you know, I think he, I think Ursay's probably got a pretty decent eye for talent. But I also think that Jim Mersey, this may well be Jim Mersey saying, I'm going to give Frank Reich one last chance to show to me that he's a quarterback whisperer. And what better way to do it than to have an unproven commodity at quarterback that nobody really knows what the ceiling is and see if he plays well. And if he does, maybe that's because he has a veteran quarterbacking coach guiding him. And if he plays well, then maybe I realize that I do have something at Frank Reich. But barring that, you would have to assume that 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 is the first domino to fall. But it just, again, I go back to, I, I know I'm beating a dead horse, but I just go back to, this to me looks like, whether it's true or not. Hey, hey Jake, do you, do you think that this is, with this decision, are they surrendering? Yes. Have you ever seen a 500 team where they are right now surrendered? I know that you look at the tiebreakers, you look at their division. Have, have we, when's the last time we saw a 500 team surrender like this after seven weeks? Yeah, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. What I'm saying is... If, 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 again, that's the case, because I think, I think that Jim Irsay believes there's something there. I don't. He does. I guess to a degree they do. I just, I don't know if we've ever, not with this team certainly, but have we seen a team that says, hey, if indeed they are looking more for next year, do it before Halloween with a 500 I mean, here's team? The thing, John, what other way is there to take it? You go from a guy that was your third – people forget this. You're talking about a guy that one of the biggest storylines at the end of camp was how they were going to make room to get a spot for him on the roster. Right. And now yeah. he's your, he is being placed in as your starting quarterback. And he may – listen, he might turn out to be – maybe he is Tom Brady. You know, maybe he is – you know, I, I mean, Wally Pip, whatever, right? Or or he Wally Pips, but you get what I'm saying. So, like, that's possible. But you make the move at this point, in my opinion, only if you realize there's no coming back from the direction you're headed. And it was just yeah. enough. As a, I've seen enough. I, I have seen this was This was Jim Irsay playing the role of the dude on cable news on election night saying, we have seen enough at this point to call the election. That's how I take it. We have seen enough yeah. at this point to know that we have to move forward to see what we have. And I commend them for it to an extent because if they know what the one thing that we know for certain is this. The one thing we know for certain in 2022 is that regardless of how many games or trophies or Lombardi's Matt Ryan was going to win in Indianapolis, he was not going to be the quarterback here in 2024. We know that almost certainly to a fact. So at some point, the Colts had to say to themselves, look, it's great what we have in the now, but at some point we've got to find out what we have next. We've got to find out what's in the queue here. And 
Now they're gonna they're going to, and and maybe it salvages them and they hang around in a wild card spot. But to me, this is a move that is done for 2023. I think it's a last ditch effort to see if you can build any any fire, find any juice whatsoever. I, I think that there is still belief there. I, I, I do. agree with that, except for them, John. I would agree with that, except for that they've already said the quarterback for the rest of the year. Well, here's what here's what's funny about it. Because you guys played that soundbite. When was it that Frank Wright just said we had Matt Ryan? He just said that yesterday. He just said that yesterday. And then today you're making a change literally 20, less than 24 hours ago. No, actually more than 24 hours ago. He just said, well, we believe, I'm paraphrasing here. You guys know better than I. We have Matt Ryan. We have Matt Ryan. And now you're making... 24 hours later, you're making that change for the rest of the season. And I know that Frank is just telling everybody what everybody wants to hear. That's all Frank is about when Frank talks. He's telling everybody what what they want to hear. You know, softening the blow of any edge of criticism whatsoever, any hint of criticism. But he just said that yesterday. So, I I mean, that's, that's another reason why you know whose decision this was. Fair. I, I, <laughs> I mean, hey, I'm just, sad. This whole thing sucks. I'm sorry. I, yeah, I, 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 I wish it. I wish it. This whole thing sucks. I'm so you know sick and tired like, yeah. of dealing with this kind of crap. It just uh, comes with the territory. But this, more times than not, you know, since well, going back even, I guess before 12, it's just been a stinking mess. And I'm, I'm so sick. People think that I get off on this negativity. I think this, this all sucks. It just does. You know, the, I want to make this clear so that people understand that sound condescending, but I know you, you and I talk a lot off the air. I know Kevin, we talk a lot off the air. We don't want the Colts to struggle. It's in our best interest for the Colts to, to captivate this, this fan base and have people crave information from it all the time. I don't like this. I, I've said to you a thousand times. You know, I remember the, I remember working a Hardwick's pipe and tobacco and sitting there and somebody coming in the cigar store and telling Larry Langley and I, like, did you hear the news? <laughs> Paul Justin's starting on Sunday. I've been through this song and dance a gabillion times, and it is more the norm in the NFL than it is having twelve and zero starts with the same Hall of Fame quarterback every season. I get that. Doesn't mean it's fun, and it doesn't mean we enjoy it. So I hope it works out, and I hope they win, and I hope Sam Ellinger turns out to be a great player, and he may well be. But it just looks to me like you have an organization that is grasping. They better. I, I hope they're wearing gloves because that rope is flying through the palm of their hands right now, and it's going to give them some blisters if they're not careful. Uh, is there anything – I know this is the big story of the day. Jay Cray joins us, and we're talking about Sam Ellinger elevated from the back of quarterback to the starter coming up on Sunday. Matt Ryan, again, has an injured shoulder. He wasn't going to practice this week, but they were going to make that move anyway. Uh, I guess uh, nothing else really matters. Some people had asked me about Jonathan Taylor yesterday. Did Jonathan Taylor put himself on a pitch count, or was that right play calling? Or was Jonathan Taylor the one in charge of the Colts' Twitter account when in the fourth quarter they sent a tweet <laughs> that said, run the ball? Yeah, I think so. When they I run think 27% so. of the in the game? I just, I just, you look at that yesterday and you go, well, this doesn't 
makes sense. I mean, I just none of this this makes sense. Let me ask you this. Do you feel right now like the Colts, in terms of their direction, have stability? No, no, I don't. Uh, Stability-wise, because of the way that they're built um, and contractually, you know, what they have invested on this team, to now have this bad season and then have to double back and, and have to to draft, you know, a quarterback that you're not going to work in. And, and again, I guess we kind of look at it as, you know, wanting our cake and eating it too, right? You wanted to draft somebody and work them in while you're still a, a good team, while you're still a, you know, a challenge-worthy type of team, and it doesn't look like that. And you got contracts out there, $20 million per for a left guard. You got a lot of cash sunk into an offensive line that's not just been bad, but one of the worst this season. That's the highest paid. You've just, you know, you bring in Stephon Gilmore, a guy like that, right? You bring him in and um, you're you're thinking he's going to be a difference maker because you're believing you're close and you're not close. There's just been a lot of decision-making disaster with this group. And that's the head coach. That's the general manager. And, you know, by circumstances, you can lump Jim Mercer in it as well because he's made decisions on this moving forward. I mean, they all three have a great deal of relatability in, in where this team is as far as the negative is concerned. Are we yet at foobar level? I know that's one of your favorite phrases. Are we at foobar Oh, I think this is yet? foobar. Yeah, I, I think this is without question foobar. I do. Because you don't have any answers. You, you, Jake, if Sam Ellinger before Halloween's your answer, you don't have answers. I hope, I hope that I'm wrong. But I don't think I am. Listen, I hope we're both wrong. <laughs> I'm saying this that it seems like this is like Groundhog Day. Well, I'm talking about something like this. We've been talking for years now, and it's just the same old thing. And you know, if you do get a reprieve and you get the opportunity to be positive about something, it's only fleeting, right? I mean, like Carson Wentz last year. Remember how excited we were after that Christmas night game, and then that thing ended with an absolute thud. So it's just kind of. You know, it's two steps forward and three steps back with this group, and it has been for a long period of time. My brother, I got to run. Tomorrow morning, you and Kev are going to be all over this bad boy, right, beginning at 7 a.m.? We will be. We will be. I appreciate the time as always, John, and we will be all over it. We look forward <laughs> to talking to people about it tomorrow. You got, then you had to drive all the way to Mulberry and tape something before the news broke, so I'm sure you're really happy yeah, about that. That always works out well. <laughs> All right, my brother. I appreciate you. Story of my life. All right. We'll to Jay Query right there for the morning show. Kevin in Query, 7 until 10 a.m. here on The Fan. Sam Ellinger is going to be the starter on Sunday. I'll get the reaction coming up here on the other side. We're in Castleton, Buffalo Wild Wings. My man Phil Burton's in the house, so you know it's an important event. I've got Commander's Colts tickets, which now will mean that if you win these tickets, you're going to see the NFL starting quarterback debut of Sam Ellinger. Back to that in your calls next. The Ride with JMV. Awesome! Totally awesome! All right, Hamilton. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Uh, hey, uh, welcome back. <laughs> Ice cold Bud Light in front of me. Thank you guys at Zinc. I love it. You know that. It's a blue Monday. We're in Castleton. Buffalo Wild Wings. I got a pair of tickets for you to win. 
Going to see the debut in the NFL of Sam Ellinger coming up. That is on Sunday. That announcement was made today. Yeah, Twitter reads odd right here. There's no doubt. <laughs> like I'm going back and forth with uh, Golden Retriever Mom right here about me being rude, about putting the name in there. Whatever. I'm not being rude. I'm just telling you I don't give a crap about what Twitter says. I trust what I know. I don't give a crap about what other people are saying on Twitter. You can do that. I don't care. I care about what I say between 3 and 6 right here. That's a story, I'm sure, for a later date. But the story today is Sam Ellinger. Sam Ellinger is going to be the starter coming up on Sunday. We'll get your thoughts. Kyle, is anybody on hold right now? I know i got to hit another break. Anybody on hold for me to go to? What's that? Elijah? I'm sorry about that, Elijah. 239-1070. Go ahead and jump on here. What's going on, JV? How you doing, man? How you doing, brother? Oh, man, honestly, I'm doing a lot better now than I was about three hours ago before the news broke. You're excited about this, Elijah. Tell me why. So, yeah, I am. So, basically, uh, the reason why I'm most excited is we're going to find out what the problem is real quick. One group of Colts fans is going to be extremely vindicated probably come Halloween day on Monday. So, we're going to find out. Is it Matt Ryan's aging arm? Is it the offensive line? Is Frank Reich bad at play calling? Or is he hogtied by guys who can't throw the ball down the field? You've got the X factor. Sam Ellinger is an X factor. We have no idea what to expect. Yes, we have preseason tape. Yes, he made strides in the offseason. But we don't know what he does against NFL starters. But we're going to find out on Sunday. And honestly, it's a good defense to give it a try against. But what, how is Frank Wright going to react? He's got a new quarterback, right? He can throw the ball down the field. We can have play-action rollouts. We haven't been able to run in five seasons. RPOs, option plays, it's all on the table. And I know everyone thinks the season is punted, and honestly, it probably is. I mean, Ellinger's – I don't think he will be the answer, but one of two things is going to happen. We either have the quarterback of the future now, or we have it in April. It's that simple. Either he shows us. No, no yeah. And I, listen, I don't mind that they're doing something. I get what you're saying. I mean, they're doing something. And I don't mind that they're doing something. It's just the something that they're doing. And you can make the argument they're 3-3-1 three, three and one in the AFC. And if, if your argument is they're punting on the season, I asked Jake this as well. I don't have any info as to when we last saw this, but have we ever seen a team – punt on the season when they're 500 well we ever especially seen in the nfl have we ever seen a team already guaranteed to lose the division within the first seven weeks of the season <laughs> i mean here's the thing this isn't three and three yeah. oh we got a few divisional wins and we lost some afc games no this is a three three and one where we've won a single division game and we've already played five of the six that's completely different man and honestly i'm I'm so much happier with this than trotting Matt Ryan out there because something had to change. This team You're, had a ceiling yes. with Matt Ryan. There's no denying that. This team had a ceiling. Now, this team still has a ceiling. I have no idea if it's closer to the floor or it's closer to heaven. It's probably, probably closer way to hell. But at the end <laughs> of the day, it's change that had to happen. And this is either going to be more change down the line. Because think about this, and people have been talking about this. I don't think Ursay made this decision without talking to players, right? He went to guys like Gilmore and Buckner, guys who are in, you know, they're still elite players, but they're, you know, either in their 30s or closer to their 30s, and they probably would rather be on a winning now team than a rebuilding team. He probably went to them and said, hey, we've got to make a change. Are you guys okay with this? If not, 
maybe we can try to move you before the trade line or trade deadline because that's no, and, and, and what they're doing, Elijah, they, they are with the type of reaction you're giving right now. That's what that's one of the reasons why Jim Ursay, I'm sure, had that heavy influence again on making this decision, because you are you are re-inspired, not that it's going to turn out to be anything. Not that you know or you firmly believe something is actually going to happen that's going to turn the fortunes of this team, but because it is something new. And that is part of the reason why we see this decision. Because you get that side of it, and then you get the other side of it. Well, if it doesn't work, you're going to have to draft a quarterback, and that just makes you know the odds better for you to get a better quarterback coming up in the spring NFL draft. So, I mean, you're appeasing both sides, and, and obviously I think that's, in by and large, part of why this decision was made and why you had the influence of the owner involved. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I say this as a season ticket holder. Uh, my renewal time was coming up, and I was heavily considering not doing it, but I promise you I am now because the future is just so much brighter now. Now, the only thing I will say, Matt Ryan has to be off the roster by the end of the season. There is no reason to pay him, what, $35 million guaranteed next year. There, I understand that no one's probably going to trade for him, but we all said the same thing with Carson Wentz. We're just going to have to cut him and eat the money. Nobody's going to trade him. And we got two third-round picks for him, possibly a second-round pick. Yeah. Matt Ryan yeah. has to be off the roster, dude. I can't pay. We can't well, pay. Well, no, I, I'm not suggesting he's going to be, but they're going to they're gonna eat money. And there's no doubt. i got to go here, Elijah. Thank you for the call. Yeah, yeah I, I, I would not expect him to be on this roster. But they're going to have to eat some money in the process and a great deal of crow. Harkon writes this, JMV, you've been saying Ryan is terrible all season, but now you're calling them a clown show for benching a guy you said was terrible. No, they're a clown show because they're not going to live anywhere near up to expectations. That's a clown show. They're a clown show because the offensive line is a clown show. They're a clown show because of that. They're a clown show because they have to make, they feel compelled to make this decision before Halloween as a team that's 3-3-1. Three, three, and one. That's why I call them a clown show. Not because of the decision they made. Actually, the smartest thing they're doing right now is making this change. But that doesn't change at all the fact of where this thing is going. That doesn't change the fact that this is going to be a mammoth disappointment this year. None of that's changed. You can have both. In fact, they hope you get the inspiration of both. Because like Elijah, Elijah is inspired by this change. Doesn't mean anything's going to help. But you're going to have some fan inspiration because of that change. And we'll find out, I'm sure, about dead cap money and all that. I'll ask Stephen Holder that coming up at the top of the hour. Quick break. We're back with you next. Buffalo Wild Wings in Castleton Blue Monday. Sam Ellinger is the starter or quarterback coming up on Sunday. For the Colts, we'll get back to that story and more and your chance to win tickets to the game as well Sunday. Buffalo Wild Wings in Castleton with our friends at Bud Light. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Get him a body bag! Yeah! <laughs> 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Hey, welcome back. Buffalo Wild Wings in Castleton. It's a blue Monday. Ask for Daryl when you come here. A great place. Monday night football tonight for you. Pacers, you can watch the Pacers and the Sixers here as well. 
Colts Roundtable Live, bottom of the hour. Shout out to our friends at Zinc and Bud Light, too. I've got Commander's Colts tickets for you on Sunday, which will be the debut at quarterback for Sam Ellinger for the Colts. And to talk about that and then some from ESPN.com, Stephen Holder joins us. So I, from what I've, you know, obviously I keep my ears open, right? Stephen, um, yep. and the, a very high percentage, I called it a great deal of influence from Jim Ursay as to why we're going to end up, even beyond the shoulder injury of Matt Ryan, seeing the starter not just for Sunday, but for what they believe to be the foreseeable future and the end of the season, again, at Ellinger under center beginning on Sunday. Would you agree? A very high percentage? Uh, a thousand percent, yes. 1,000%. And in fact, in fact, we can go back further. The last quarterback decision that was made was also, at yes. least in part, driven by the owner. And I mean, right. Sam Ellinger being uh, promoted from number three to number two. So this is a trend. It's a continuation, I guess, of a trend that started a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I have no idea what this is going to look like. Nobody does. But, but, I, but I think that much, what we just discussed, that much we know. So Stephen Holder, if he has, yes, I just want to, I just want to add one thing. Sorry. Um, Go ahead. I mean, Frank Reich was asked after the game yesterday directly about that, Ryan, and he said, "Hey, hey, hey, Matt is our quarterback." Now I know, I know, I know how that goes, right? (laughs) That's what you're supposed to say. I understand all that, right? It's a no-win situation. He would never get up there and say, "I'm benching the guy," ten minutes after the game. I get that, but. It was one of those things that was, it was one of those statements that was intended to make the point like, Hey guys, let me be clear. I'm not out on this guy, you know? And, and I think he, he had a very clear intent in that statement. And so, you know, as we discussed in his, his zoom call earlier, less than 24 hours later, you know, we're having a very different conversation. I I think that tells you a lot. Stephen Holder of ESPN.com is on the Andy Moore automotive group hotline. Do you view this? Because I do, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think I'm wrong, as the owner's lack of trust in some level of decision-making for the general manager and the head coach? Well, I, don't, I won't go that far. Here's what I would say. I, I think what you can take from it is that they're a team that doesn't have a lot of cards to play. <laughs> you know, and – and, and, and the owner, we know this. This is not a stretch. We know for a fact, all right, he has been absolutely disgusted with what's been happening, right? I mean, who wouldn't be? And so there are only, there's only so much you can do right now. I was just looking this up for my second story of the day because that's the kind of day I'm having. Um, <laughs> I was just looking this up. They've had different offensive line combinations, I think, to start the past five games. So that ain't the answer, right? They've tried throwing quick. They've tried throwing deep. They've tried to get the running game going. I mean, what the hell else are they going to do, right? I mean, I get it. And that's, I actually asked Frank yesterday, like, what next? What's your next move? What can you do? Are you out of options? Of course, he didn't admit that they are, but I think they were out of options. And maybe this is perhaps an executive decision saying, hey, this is the only card we got to play. Let's play it. They don't have any answers is what it comes no, down to. No, they don't. They don't. They don't. And, and, and I'm not – look, I, I don't know how to, how to characterize this. Like, it's, it's easy to say, all right, 
Frank screwed this up or, you know, whoever you want to blame, right? That we can, we can all find a culprit. There's lots of culprits. But I also don't think anybody could have conceived what we are seeing. You know what I mean? Like, it, I could see a scenario where this thing didn't work, right? Like, that's, we can all be pessimists, even, you know, in, in the optimism of the offseason where everybody feels good about things. I think it, we can still at that point see, okay, well, I can paint you the scenario where it doesn't go well. I can do that. I've seen a lot of my time, right? But even at its worst case scenario that we would fathom, I don't think we ever saw it looking like this. Not in terms of the record. The record ain't really the problem. It's more so just they don't have any sustainable path on offense right now. And I don't know, man. I don't. I almost feel sorry for Sam Ellinger because he's walking into this, this just, you know, just an absolute – you know, this disaster. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see, man. But I, but I agree. I mean, look, I, do they know what they're doing? Have they screwed up? I, I don't know. I, I just think that it's worse than anybody could have imagined. I would tell you they were, they have been stunned by the offensive line's performance. Now I'm not stunned that, that some of the, that, that some of the lesser guys have not performed. I am stunned that Quentin Nelson's on his rear end all the damn time. I'm stunned by that, right? And I think they are too. And I'm, I'm stunned by the regression in Braden Smith. I mean, so there's just some things, I don't know that it's anybody's fault other than just, it just didn't happen, man. It didn't happen. And somebody will pay. Multiple people will probably pay. But, you know, how we got here, it's just, it's not that simple, you know? Stephen Holner of ESPN.com is via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. And well, I'm going to jump back to this decision on Ellinger in a second, but I'm curious, and I know you haven't had the opportunity, obviously, since yesterday, um, you know, as far as talking to, to the players, and they got the day off coming up tomorrow as well. But is, is there is everybody on the same page in that locker room right now? You take the Michael Pittman Jr. quote, for example. Um, I think you could consider that not being on the same page with some of the play calls and how they're utilizing the wide receivers. So I think it's safe to say that maybe you've got some talking about um, the leadership and the direction of this team. That's three and three and one and incredibly disappointing so far this year. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of frustration. And I think, you know, when you, when you have frustration in the locker room, questions start getting asked. There's no doubt about that. I mean, you know, look, I talked to some of the defensive guys yesterday, for example. None of them pointed fingers. All right, I'm, let me be clear. They did not do that. But do I think they're frustrated? Hell yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, you know I'm, I'm talking to Stephon Gilmore, for example. I mean, this guy single-handedly took down a 250-pound running back in the open field and, and saves a touchdown. You know, you'd like to get a win out of that. You know what I mean? And – talking about Derrick Henry, you know, by the way, which was a, a play no one will remember because it doesn't matter. But, like, that's a hell of a play. And those efforts go for nothing. You know, Grover Stewart, 12 tackles. I mean, one of the best games you'll ever see from a nose tackle. Freaking nose tackle. What's he doing getting 12 tackles, you know? And so I think that's where I, I think these moments are difficult in a locker room. You know, there's just there, – there are some players out there putting it – you know, putting it on the line and, and producing and they have nothing to show for it. And on days like yesterday, that's, that's frustrating. You know, as for the offense and, and Michael Pittman and his statement, I mean, look, I, 
I'll just say I think Michael Pittman, like a lot of good receivers, like all good receivers, he wants the ball and he wants to go win, and I don't blame him. So however they get it done, I don't think he cares. I think he just wants the ball because he knows he's a guy who can make something happen. So I get it. I also understand that I don't know how they stretch the field just with the protection that they have. There's some realities there yeah. that, uh, that he's got to take into account too. Yeah, and I, I've said this all along, Stephen, that it, it starts with the offensive line. When that doesn't work, this whole team is screwed, and we've seen that um, with, with Matt Ryan and how he's responded. I mean, he's gone from being a 37-year-old veteran to making mistakes that I think, you know, under pressure we're going to see from Sam Ellinger in his first start coming up on Sunday. We're going to see some similarities there because that <laughs> offensive line is just not going to get better. No, I don't, I don't think it will. I mean, and, and here's the thing. Look, Tennessee's front is really good, and you got another taste of that yesterday. By the way, buckle up because, I mean, that team's not going anywhere. I don't know what they're going to be in the postseason, but, I mean, that, that team, they're going to see that front line, you know, again and again, right? And until they can block them, it's going to look like that. But here's the thing. Washington, <laughs> they're pretty good up front too. So this is not the best matchup from that respect, or in that regard, you know, for Sam Ellinger to walk into. But, you know, we'll see. I, I think the Colts do have a little bit of advantage the first time he goes out there. There's not a lot of film. Uh, they, they have only played him in the preseason where you're not really scheming people up, you know. So they have a little advantage here, and, and they may be able to get some element of surprise going and, and actually make some plays on Washington. But, but that's a good defense, too. So we'll see. I think they're going to have their work cut out for them either way uh, against Washington. Hey, Stephen, here's an opinion angle for you. Do you think that uh, Ballard or Reich or both would rather see Foles starting on Sunday than Ellinger? Uh, tough to say. Um, I don't know. I, I think that I would say this. I think had, had Matt Ryan – gotten a shoulder separation in like week two Nick Foles would undoubtedly have been the starter in my in my opinion he would have undoubtedly been the starter until Matt Ryan got back I think things have changed the the impression of Matt Ryan certainly has changed uh, at least from ownership right I mean that is clear yeah. I, I think certainly there, there are questions there are probably questions about Matt Ryan uh, among others in the organization too but but I do think I do think that a majority of of people in the organization uh, think this boils down to protection and that's the feedback that I've gotten that this boils, boils down to protection now I, I that is taking into account the fact that Matt Ryan is is absolutely extremely immobile and that accentuates the problem. It does. That is no one is saying otherwise, but I also think there's an understanding. He can navigate half decent protection if it's there and it is not. So anyway, I, I, I'm not answering your question maybe, but I just think that had, had this happened before things started to turn that, yeah, Nick Foles would have been the starter and, and no one would have blinked an eye. Um, this, this sort of change, you know, toward uh, Sam Ellinger the last couple of weeks where he's been climbing and, and making a move, uh, that is directly related to the offensive production being what it is. I mean, it's, it's, not, a, it's not about Nick Foles. It's not about anybody. It's, it's just we got to do something, and this is what they can do.
And I also think, by the way, I don't think you get a different result with Nick Foles with bad protection. You don't get a different result. He is basically a poor man's Matt Ryan. So, you know, I don't think that necessarily even moves the needle for you if you're looking for a different kind of game. Stephen Holder of ESPN.com is on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. How are they going to change up if they do change up the offense at all as far as how they're going to try to um, (laughs) present in a positive light with positive results the first-time starter, Sam Ellinger, under center Sunday? Well, I think – all right. So, in some ways, let's put it this way. In some regard, this opens the playbook a little more because you can throw – you can have some bootleg throws, runs, and such, right? So, but in other ways, it restricts the playbook, too, <laughs> because there's a whole menu of things that maybe you don't trust Sam Ellinger to run, you know? And that's not a slight at Sam Ellinger. It's, it would probably be the case with any young quarterback. You know, just you don't have enough evidence that he can handle, you know, certain blitzes and, and what have you. So I, I don't know, you know, certain looks that he hasn't seen. Now, the kid is smart as a whip, okay? I am thoroughly impressed by him. He has absolutely incredible leadership ability. That is real. That kid gets in the huddle, and he has everybody's attention. That's real. They're not, they're not sort of, um, you know, gives, blowing smoke up your rear end on that. So, you know, it's a matter of, it, it's a matter of whether they can kind of tailor a game plan to him. I think that's what they'll do. You know, they'll, they'll look at his strengths. They're different than Matt Ryan's strengths. So I think once you figure out what that is and where they can go with it, they, they have enough in the playbook, you know, to, to work with that they can, they can find some things that, that Sam Ellinger uh, can excel at. The, the last thing I'll say is, you know, how will it look? I, I think you'll have a lot more of a moving pocket maybe. I think that's where they can take advantage of Sam Ellinger. You know, uh, Matt Ryan basically is drop, a drop back guy who can maybe step up in the pocket, but you know, with, with Sam Ellinger, you can, you can roll him out. You can move the pocket. You can do some different things. You can do more to help your offensive line with a mobile quarterback. So let's see what they come up with. Stephen Holder of ESPN.com is with us. Is this at all a punting of the season? Or do they believe they honestly, they, not just he, but they honestly believe in this move? Um. I think believe is too strong a word. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't think they're. Because I mean, we got to keep in mind they're still. I know what they've done in the division. I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but no, they, they, um, they're still three, three, and one. And to to many outside of the excitable percentage of Colts fans that have wanted to see this, you know, from the first time they saw Chad Kelly play. Um, in the preseason, they've wanted this all along. You know, it would seem to others like maybe, eh, you know what, try this and what the hell. We're going down the path where we're not going to make the postseason anyway. And it just would seem odd because they're 3-3-1. Three, three, and one. And this, this seems like a yeah. major move for a team. A lot of teams would probably love to be 3-3-1 three, three, and one right now. I know. It, you know, it's weird, man. I, I got to tell you, when Frank announced it earlier today, it kind of had like a, the mood was kind of a funeral. He was like, well, look, you know, guys, I, I, right. I just got to go ahead and put this out there. You know, we are where we are. Right. You know, <laughs> it was kind of like, you kind of feel like, man, are they one in six? But I also think 
their record is very much um, – I, I think they have achieved this record very much in spite of what they are right now. They don't look like a 3-3-1 football team. They look like a 1-6 football team, you know? And, and I think there's an acknowledgement of that. Let's be honest. No one knows how the hell they got here, okay? How are they 3-3-1? It's a miracle, right? It's a miracle. Let's be honest. And the way they are playing offensively, even no matter who's on the schedule coming up, it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. And, and frankly, let's say they fell into the playoffs and got in the wild card. I mean, do you want to see that game? <laughs> you know? I, and I, so I think this is, there's also the bigger picture here, too, which is, okay, where are we going at quarterback? You know, we, we don't have any long-term prospects right now. The, the only long-term potential they have is Sam Ellinger. They, we don't know much about him. This is an opportunity to learn about him. But, but you may, as you said, you may in the process end up punting the season. You know, the other thing here is I, I, I don't know if I buy that they would have done this had, had Matt Ryan not gotten hurt. It's easy to say that. It's very easy to say that. I don't know if I buy it. But, but they are matter. saying the rest of the year, though. They are saying the rest of the year. That's fair. That's fair. That's true. But, but I'm saying that it allowed them the opportunity to make this move. It, it allowed them the opportunity. I mean, I, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, would they have considered it if, if Matt Ryan's sitting there, you know, in, in one piece and he's, he's ready, all right, let's, let's get to the game plan for next week. Let's go. I mean, are you, it's going to be a lot harder to look him in the eye and say, all right, we're done. We're, we're not, you know, we're moving on. And then he's a team guy, but I think it, this made it at least a little bit easier. I'm not saying it was easy, but it was easier. So, but I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I'm just, I'm kind of thinking out loud, I guess, you know, stream of consciousness. Have we seen the last of Matt Ryan under center for the Colts? If this thing sticks for the rest of the season, as Frank is saying, I, I don't see how you come back from it. And, and also. I mean, would they, would they go it. back to him when healthy? You mean after when yeah. the shoulder heals, do they go back to him? I, I mean, you're going to have to eat a lot of words. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess I guess there's a scenario, right? What would this all right, what would the scenario be? It's would they just, go to okay, let's say he's healthy and he's healthy and Foles is there. Um, would he be the backup quarterback behind Ellinger or would it be Foles? Oh man, I don't know. That's that's a good <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. That's my bad. No, no, I just I, Yeah, I I, 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 I think stuff, I think he's, he's done. I think question. he's done. Yeah. I think he is. So. I mean I, I mean, at this point, I'm thinking 2023. I don't know what happened to their record this year. I mean, they are 3-3-1. Three, three and one. Like, they – maybe they – look, I, I'm, I'm all for a good story, buddy. Trust me, okay? Uh, give me some sports center time, okay? I, I'll, I'll take it, you know? You know how hard it is to get on sports center covering the Colts, buddy? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know it. Hey, anyway, I've, got, I've, got a, I've got a bail early today, so I'm, give, me, give me 15 seconds of an answer. Jonathan Taylor's usage yesterday, was that more Reich not going to him on the run or Jonathan Taylor not being good to go, according to Jonathan Taylor? I, I think they were being cautious. They didn't – you know, Reich said he didn't have a snap count but they had a planned, quote-unquote, planned rotation. So I, I think that tells you that they intended to kind of limit his touches, even though they didn't have a number on it. So that's what I saw. That's what I think happened there. 
I apologize. We have a Pacer game tonight and Colts Roundtable oh. Live coming up next, so I got to bail earlier than usual. So my fault. No, There's, all good. I got I, deadlines anyway. Go I good. would probably keep you on here till about 7 o'clock if I could. That's my fault. <laughs> we can keep <laughs> <So>. going, too. <laughs> <laughs> we could, man. We could. We'll do it again soon. Thanks for hopping on here. And I know you got a lot to do, Stephen. Thank you very much. Hey, no problem. Never a dull moment. Yeah, no, no, that's unfortunate, too. Stephen Holder of ESPN.com there on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I do, I have to bail. You believe that? Because we have Colts Roundtable live next, and we have Pacer Hoops on the road in Philly coming up after that. I want to thank the great folks, Daryl and the gang at Buffalo Wild Wings here. And uh, I want to thank Bud Light, as always. Just great partners each and every Monday. I'm going to give away some tickets to see Sam Ellinger's debut coming up here before I bail and an autographed helmet as well. Hey, you guys, thank you very much. You guys are fantastic. Whether you're listening at 93.5 or 107.5 The Fan or inside the lounge via YouTube Live or the app or the stream, uh, there has been a great deal to digest in a short period of time. And believe me, I have a lot left too. So you want to be sure to tune in tomorrow at 3. I will have a lot more for you, I promise, coming up tomorrow. It has been a wild day to say the least. Kyle, great job from you. Brittany, Cam, thank you guys as well. Fantastic work. We're going to get a winner to go see that Colts uh, game and uh, the Commanders and the Ellinger debut coming up on Sunday. But up next, Matt Taylor and the gang. They're going to have some insight for you. Colts round table live coming straight at you after that Pacer pregame. Pacers the first of five on the road in Philly later on tonight. You can hear it right here at 93.5, 107.5. The fan, thank you. Talk to you tomorrow at 3.